Thank you for listening to Simple Church, where we love God, love others, and serve our world. Tune in today for a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Tom Allen. Well, good morning. So nice to see each of you today. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas outside, and uh, so that'll be here before we even wake up a few more times. But uh, today, we have the opportunity to continue to think about what we hope to be a part of in 2020. And uh, today, we're, we, we've been looking, because you see, when you have 2020 vision, you see clearly. And we're trying to see clearly the fact that we're made to move. God did not want his people to sit and, and just sour, okay? So he, he wanted us to move and press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He also created us to connect, to connect with him and then to connect with each other. In other words, to be in relationships. And I think one of the things that people are hungry for today is relationships with people that they believe really genuinely care about them, really genuinely want to know them and celebrate them and be involved in their lives. And so that's what increasingly next year and, and even the rest of this year is all about. Today, we're going to talk about the fact that we're saved to serve. God didn't give us abilities and gifts and talents to just sit and, and never use them. He wanted us to give them away. One of the sad things about the church in Des Moines and about people in Des Moines and about people in our world is that a majority of people in America only go to church three times in their life. The first time, they get wet when they get baptized. The second time, they have rice thrown on them when they get married. The third time, they have dirt thrown on them when they die. And that's the only times that people go to church for a majority of people in our country. I mean, you stop and think. I've said this to, before, but this always amazes me. We've got probably uh, 600,000 people in our greater Des Moines area, what we call our golden circle. And if you take all of the 500 churches that are in this area and you, you, you figure out how many people are at each one, there's not over 200,000 of the 600,000 that ever darkened the door of a church the whole year. So it's a sad, sad statistic. Another sad thing about the church is that the majority of Christians just sit and soak and sour. I mean, in many ways, Christians today are a lot like uh, sour milk. And you know what you do with sour milk? You pour it out because it'll make you sick. And so many times, that's what's happening. People just come to church. One of the things we are so determined with God's help will never be true here is that you could ever come in here and not be greeted and loved and cared for by people and get to know other people before you leave. We want you to be known and we want you to be served and we want you to be loved and we want you to be celebrated because that's what the church is all about. And that's what we're all hungry for. And so what we need to realize today is that God didn't create and save us to sit. He tells us over in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and, and, and we, we said this last week, but, but don't ever get over this verse. It's just magnificent. For we are God's masterpiece. Bad self-image is a real struggle for an awful lot of us today. 
because we think so negatively about ourselves. I think we need to start realizing it's not me that's great, but it's the created in Christ's image greatness in me. There's no limit to my life. There's no limit to your life. And if we start looking at each other that way, we start valuing each other, and we start honoring each other, and we become people of great worth and value because there's no limit to what God can do through you because you are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Okay? So we can, and why did he create us? And why did he save us? So that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Christ created us and he saved us to serve. We're here to give our lives away to him first and foremost and then to others all the day long. See, there's no such thing as a non-functioning member in your body. Sometimes when I'm in a really weird mood, I just stop and think about what all is going on inside my body all the time. I mean, there's stuff just working away all the time, doing all kinds of things, and I don't even know it. I just take it for granted. I get up, and it, it's working. It's working, you know, and I'm so thankful but it's, there's no such thing as a non-functioning member in our body. Even our appendix, they can't figure out what it's for. But it has a purpose because God creates everything with a purpose. Okay? And so the thing that we have to understand is this. That there's no non-functioning member in the body of Christ, in the church. God wants every one of us to be people who are using our abilities, that's our natural talents that he gives us, and our spiritual gifts, that's what the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to do once we come to know Christ as our Savior. The Lord Jesus wants us to serve. We are saved to serve. So that's what we're going to think about today, and I hope it will challenge you and me to go out and this week to look at our lives all we do and everybody we see differently than before. So let's pray and ask God to do that kind of work in our lives. Father, our hearts are humbled as we come here today. We, we, we are so thankful for your many blessings to us. Thank you that we got up and our, our, our members were functioning in our body to where we could come and be a part of this service today and we could live this day for you and to serve others. Thank you. Help us to realize that every one of us have a purpose. That purpose may pop up on Tuesday when we see someone in need. Our purpose is to serve them, to seek to meet that need, to love them the way you love them, to see them as people created in your image, to see them as people of huge, eternal worth and value, and then to serve them because we're serving you. So teach us that today, Holy Spirit. Only you can communicate that, and I pray you will. Help us to shine brightly this week for you, to be examples of Jesus everywhere we go. And we'll praise you now as you teach us this morning in Christ's name. Amen. Jesus is very clear. We are saved to shine. Shine forth his glory, and the way we do that is by serving others. A chief characteristic of the life of Christ was service. He came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for all of us.
And he wants us to live our lives the way he lived his. Let me show you some scripture. Matthew 25, it says this, verse 40. Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, okay, anytime you see someone and the world looks at them and thinks they're insignificant, thinks they're not nearly as important as these people. Jesus says, anytime you see those people and anytime you do something for them that helps them in their life situation, he says, you did it for me. In other words, every time we help someone who has a need, whatever that need may be, every time we are doing service to the Lord. And I think that if that grass, if that gets a hold of our lives, that concept, it changes why we live all day long. Because you and I, no offense, let me, let me focus on me. I have a tendency to be selfish. I'm sure you don't because you're so spiritual. But I have a tendency to think of me. Okay? I kind of think you might also at times. And what God says is, I want you always to be thinking of others. Love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love others. I'll take care of you, he says. You love others. And every time you love others, every time you serve others, every time you show love and kindness and care and compassion and, and interest and involvement and relationship with others... We are serving Jesus. If we could get a hold of that, man, we'd want to be doing that all week long because we're serving Jesus when we serve other people. Let me show you what John says, chapter 12, verses 25 through 26. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. In other words, if you live your life, if I live my life for me and for everything for me, and I get it all, but I lose my own soul, he says, you're going to lose it. You don't have anything that counts as a result of your life. You just live for your selfishness. But he says, those who love, he says, those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. In other words, if our interest is in others and not in me, he says, that's the stuff that lasts for eternity. That's the stuff that counts forever. And then he goes on and he gives us three truths about servants, his servants. He says, number one, anyone who wants to serve me, number one, must follow me. Number two, because my servants must be where I am. And number three, the Father will honor anyone who serves me. So he says there's, there's, there's three truths about being a servant. And Jesus was preparing for his death, and he was getting his followers ready because he wanted them to go out and evangelize the world and to start the church and to let the church start flourishing all over the world. So here are those three truths. Number one, anyone who wants to serve me must follow me. You know, so often we just want God to do what we want him to do, you know? Uh, God, I, I, I need this. Uh, God, I want this. So God, give me this. That's a prayer that's always centered on me, on myself. 
Servants don't tell their master what they'll do. Servants don't do that. To follow Christ is to be led by his spirit and his wisdom and to let him use us wherever he wants to use us, however he wants to use us. It's that attitude, Lord, whatever you want to do with my life today, I'm available to you. If you will focus me, if you'll help me be open to see, if you'll help me to be looking for people in need, I will be there wherever you want me, however you want to use me. Now that word servant is an interesting word. In the Greek, it's the word doulos, or it's the word diakonos, from which we get our word deacon. And deacons in churches are servers in the church. And so it denotes a person who is not at their own disposal. In other words, this life isn't all about me. So today I get up, I know what's on my schedule, but God, whatever you want to do with me, wherever you want to use me, however you want to use me, I'm available. I'm going to do what is on my schedule because I think that's what you want me to do. But if you've got a better idea, point it out. Give me a focus to see it and to grasp it and to do it. So it denotes a person who is not at their own disposal, but they are the master's. Now watch this. This is what a servant is. They are the master's purchased property. A servant is bought to serve the master's needs and to do what he says. That's what a servant is. Purchased property. Now, what we have to remember always is that we are, if you know Jesus Christ as your forgiver of your sin and the leader of your life, your Savior, you and I are purchased property. Okay? We don't belong to ourselves anymore. You know why? Because he bought us. See, that's why he went to the cross of Calvary, to pay the penalty for our sinfulness by giving his life and dying in our place, but also by shedding his blood. And it's that blood of Christ that was shed on the cross that the Bible says covers all of our sin in God the Father's eyes so that when he looks at us, he sees us redeemed, bought back, forgiven. We are his servants. We are his possessions. We belong to him. He bought us through his son, Jesus Christ. So we are there to do literally anything, however costly, however irksome, However undignified it may be to help someone in need, just as Jesus helped us in our need. We were needy. We had sinned and fallen short of God's perfection, his glory. And Jesus made the way for us to be forgiven of all of that sinfulness and to be bought back into his family. And so he says, now you belong to Jesus. If you and I could ever get a hold of that. See, this society we live in tells us all the time, it's all about you. Get everything you can get. Do everything you can do. Accomplish everything you can accomplish so that your name will be lifted high and your legacy will be remembered. God says, no, 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 no. You don't belong to yourself anymore. You belong to me. If you're my child, then you are redeemed. And the word redeemed means to be bought back, 
We lost that relationship when we sinned. He bought us back. So now we are his servants. So here's a key statement. Only the Holy Spirit of God can create in us that kind of love toward our Savior, which then flows in creative and imaginary, imaginative ways to reach out and serve other people. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. If you and I say, well, yeah, I'm going to go out today and I'm going to serve. No, you won't. You know why? Because something will come in and make you selfish. That's just the way it works. But if you and I every day say, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to do with my life today, I'm available. I'm ready. We depend upon the Holy Spirit to keep us focused on serving others. So the first thing we do is we follow Jesus, okay? He served. The second thing we do is my servants must be where I am. In other words, servants are found where Jesus is working. And Jesus was always working on behalf of people in need. You watch Jesus. Yes, he hung out with some rich people once in a while. And yes, he went to Matthew's house and had a party. Yeah. And yes, he was at a wedding feast. Yeah. But most of the time, when you see Jesus, he was healing people who were sick. And he was touching the lives of people who were blind and lame and mute. People who had leprosy. He was right there with them. He got involved in their lives. He was always caring. In James chapter 127, we read this verse. Pure and genuine religion. So, <laughs> uh, I am convinced that much of what we do in the church is not pure and genuine religion. It's just religion. It's just, you know, well, I got to do this church thing from, you know, I got to get there, try to be there on time, usually late, hope there's a donut left. And then I got to set through these songs, and, you know, they're nice, they, they do a good job. And then uh, hopefully the guy won't be boring his tears. And then I get through. And I've done my hour and 15 minutes. And now I can go out and enjoy my life for seven days. <laughs> you know, and if we aren't careful, uh, we can get into that kind of religious thing. This is just something I do. It's, it's, well, grandma did it and mom did it, so I'll do it. I want you to know being with the body of Christ and being with the people of Christ is so exciting. Because he says, here's what pure and genuine religion is. If you want to know what's pure, what's really authentic, he says, it, and this is in the sight of God the Father, it means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. That's pure. I mean, don't yield to the ways of the world and be helping people all the time who are in need. And he uses this widows and orphan. That's why we are so committed to doing everything we can, hopefully giving $10,000 this next year to help support ministries and then support regularly the ministry of single parent provision. Because if anybody is our widows and our orphans in our society today, it's single moms and their children. And we're going to do everything we can to try to help them and support them and stand with them. And, 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 and we've got 
uh, scores of our people who have already signed up to help on uh, December the 14th for the single parent provision dinner. That's one of the most unbelievable events. If you want to be blessed out of your booties, whatever that means, if you want to be blessed that way, I would encourage you to get, go there. I just love it. You get to usher these 950 women down to their tables and you get to show them love that they hardly ever see most of the year. They are celebrated. They are honored. They are given gifts, huge bags of gifts. They are, they are treated to a fabulous... I mean, boy, if there's anybody who is doing pure and real religion, it's single-parent provision. That's why I'm so excited we get to be a part of it. In Luke chapter 6, verse 21, Jesus said, God blesses you who are hungry now. For you will be satisfied. In other words, he says the people who are in need right now are the people who are promised great blessings in the kingdom if they love God and obey him and even in their need. But then we are told to be looking out for their needs, to serve them, to be there to serve. And that can be emotional needs. That can be someone who's lonely and needs a friend. That can be someone who needs Christ as their Savior. You know God's leading you to get involved in their life, so you can't just leave them alone, as well as people who are hurting with need for food or for shelter or for clothing. Jesus went to be with people in need, and he wants his people to do that same kind of work today. So he says, I want my servants to be where I am. I'll tell you where Jesus is. He's always there where people are in need. Now, here's what's so cool about this. Um, it, it, the, the third thing that it says is for our truth for servants is the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Now you see... All of this is about others, but God says, if you love me and love others, I will take care of you. Matter of fact, I got something great for you if you do it out of a pure heart. Love me, love others. Then he said, I'll take care of you. Let me show you the verse one more time. It's John 12, 26. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me. There's the first thing. Because my servants must be where I am. That's the second thing. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. The word to honor means to make a decision to attach high value to someone. God says, if you, if you follow me and if you're doing what I did, then he said, I want you to know I'm going to honor you. You get honored. In other words, you will have high value attached to your life. In other words, you have something worth living for. Serving others always makes our life worth living. Serving ourselves always leaves us coming to the end of life, looking back and feeling empty because I didn't do anything that really helped others. The most important thing we can do is to learn to honor God as the highest priority in our lives. And then the second thing is to build loving, lasting relationships. And if we're going to build loving, lasting relationships, we have to be looking for people who are in need. 
I'm going to tell you, I, I've been in ministry 53 years, as I often say. I started when I was three. And so the thing is that uh, I've been in this a long time. And I can tell you, most of my closest friends are people that God brought me into their life because somehow I was looking for them. I, I don't take credit for that. That's only the work of the Holy Spirit. But my closest friends, the ones I would count my dearest friends today, are people who were in need. And somehow God gave an open door into their life, and we built a loving and lasting relationship. And it's still blessing me to this day. But it's because you give away. And I want to encourage you to consider that because if we just sit and soak and sour, then we're going to be thrown out like sour milk. But if we're serving, man, we're alive. We're vibrant. Life has meaning and purpose. And God says, I will always honor that with high value. There was a man by the name of uh, Niccolo Paganini. He lived in Geneva, in, uh, in uh, Genoa, in Italy. He was a famous violinist, held very high in esteem. And toward his death, he willed his violin that he had played on for so many years to the museum there in Genoa. And uh, he had one stipulation. I don't want anyone to ever play this violin again. And here's the truth about that violin. As long as he was using it, it had very little wear on it because it was being used and polished and, and, and kept alive and vibrant in, in its ability. The minute they put it in the museum and they left it unused, over the years it started to decay. And today you can go there and see it, and it's still there, but it is useless because it has become, become tough and no sound, and it's decayed. And the Bible is very clear. If we are unwilling to serve, we will soon lose our capacity for usefulness. For usefulness. And I will say to you that we not only use our capacity for usefulness, but we also lose the joy that comes from living a life for God first and for others. Thank you for listening. If you're new or want to know more about our Simple Church family, you can visit us online at simple.church or by downloading our simple.church app.